Hey everyone, welcome to the 36th episode of the Epilogue Gaming Podcast. From everyone at Epilogue, we hope you enjoyed your 2018. My name is Ben Ballmer, and this week, as always, I'm joined by Marcos Carmona and Dakota Trammell. Welcome to the new year, Marcos and Dakota. Uh, you, you excited for this year as I am? I mean, in three weeks, it's going to be the greatest time of the year, but like, yeah, I'm pretty, yeah, yeah, deaf. I'm, if I'll, this year's as good as 2018, then I'm not. <laughs> Yo, everybody on social media hated 2018. Never realized it until like right at New Year's Eve when everybody was done. I don't think I've ever seen a year people do like. What do you think that would look like? What would need to happen for there to be a year where everybody's just like, yeah, that was amazing? I don't know. Maybe like not elect a bad president or not have a bad president. In Trump. The, uh... But then the, everybody who. <laughs> Listen, everybody who is. You know what? Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> was that too real? We, was, we immediately no, annihilated a lot of our. It wasn't too real. I just, I was like, where would this conversation end? We have a podcast a to get good, to. Yeah, this wouldn't end in a good place, and we'd get you. I guess Ben primarily because you're the one that reads it. Would get a lot of shit. I would. Yeah. I'd probably get in a little trouble. So, it is a new year. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about our New Year's resolutions, and we've got a saucy episode for you guys. Today, we're going to be talking about sex video games. So not just sex in video games, but actually games that are developed around sex. While There's we're... Little... I forgot to ask before we started, are there yeah. words that we aren't allowed to say? <laughs> um, That's a good question. Probably not, just as long as it's not, like, gratuitous. Okay. Yeah, I think we're... I meant we're to ask that. I just completely forgot we're already labeled as like an explicit podcast on cool on so, well, <laughs> so anyway one of my new year's resolutions was that we wouldn't be a, a an explicit podcast <laughs> on <laughs> itunes <laughs> i'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Uh, so did you dakota did you play anything fun over our little winter break persona 5 as always um yeah. I think primarily just Persona 5, but I also did a little bit of Sims 4 where I recreated a bunch of us. Oh, yeah, that was fun. And put us all in like in a little apartment, and I'm going to do more of that today. That was yeah. hilarious. That was a good one, yeah. We did our 24-hour marathon, and that was probably like my favorite segment was your little Sims 4 play. That was the only one I caught. Sims 4 play? <laughs> yeah, I know. Sims I'm games. getting the pun started early. <laughs> wow. I hate Marcos, what about you? Uh, outside of our uh, research, I've been playing a lot of Street Fighter Five and Destiny 2. That's pretty much it. Like Those two games have taken my life. I think you're going to really like one of my New Year's resolutions. Oh, boy. Yeah. So I, I, I didn't play much over the break. I played a lot of Smash Bros. Um I'm almost done with Pokemon Let's Go. And that's pretty much it. That's pretty much all I played. But I like Smash Bros. so much that there are no regrets here. I just am playing a lot of that game. Trying to learn all of the characters. That's that's the goal I have. Is not to find a main or anybody that I'm like particularly good with. Just get used to all the characters. Because it's I mean, so that's fun the be- That's the best way for you to find somebody that you actually want to stick with. Right. So we'll see um, moving forward. I guess let's go ahead and kick off our New Year's resolutions. I asked Dakota and Marcos to write down three. I have three myself. I'll go ahead and start with the one that I I was teasing a little bit ago. Um, I want to get good at a fighting game. And I don't know if this is Smash Bros or whatever, but I there's just I want to excel 
at one fighting game. That's it. It doesn't need to be two. I don't need to be good at all fighting games, but I want to get good at one. And I, I just like Smash Bros. so much that I could see that being it. Uh, Marcos, what are some other games this year I could maybe look forward to? Like Mortal Kombat. There's obviously Mortal Kombat 11. I've thought about getting into Soul Calibur. Yeah, those two are pretty early in their life cycle. That is not... I mean, no game is really too late to get into. I fully believe that. I think easier games that are like really um, user-friendly, Street Fighter V is always easy to get into. Mortal Kombat X is going to be a good one that everybody's going to play, so you'll never not have a match online to mess with. And everybody will be starting relatively at the same place. Right. Dead or Alive 6 is coming out this year. That's a fun one. That's Isn't Dead or Alive game. a sex game? I was trying to figure this out. I can't really tell what's going on there. It's a. Uh, it, it's like. Uh, it's like that. In, it's like that. Uh, that line in between. It's a sexy game. Okay. Actually, so like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's some. It has its moments of sex. I think. Okay. I've only played the fighting games. Like there are the. Uh, like you play volleyball and their tits are out, but like. Yikes. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, well, Dakota, uh, what is one of your New Year's resolutions? Oh, let me grab my paper. <laughs> you actually wrote it down. <laughs> I did. I'll forget it if I don't. No, I'm stupid. Game. No. Okay. One of these, I guess it's not super, it's gaming related, but more in like a physical term to like my game setup. Sure. I, I just want to like revamp it. Like I just want, I'm, I, I'm considering getting a, a new computer. This one's... Two years old. It's time to let it go. Yeah. That's been something I've been thinking about doing. Um, I have wanted a new desk for a while. because um, mine's broken, literally. And I just want to revamp it. I've been trying to get up like these pink light setups so when I stream, like there's just a pink glow. Yeah. So this is really interesting, Dakota, because what I was doing right before this was doing exactly what your New Year's resolution is. This is one of my goals was to just get like a better setup. So I bought, I, I didn't buy, I asked for and was gifted a Nano Leaf Light. Have you looked those up? Yeah, I saw it. Was that in your, your Snapchat? Because that was real yeah. cool. And I wanted to ask what that was. Yeah, so it's a Nano Leaf Light. And they're a little expensive, but they go on sale every now and again. And I just was like messing with the options. They're really, really neat. So totally recommend it. It can make like your whole room glow a specific color if you want it to. Okay. I'll have to keep that in mind. Because right now I'm just using uh, Christmas lights that I got on sale. <laughs> Christmas fun. lights, I love that. <laughs> that sounds really that... fun. That does. So, uh, Marcus, what about you? Uh, mine's pretty similar. I think I'm going to look into getting a PC. Getting? Wow. Ooh. What? Breaking news on the on the podcast. We always make fun of Marcos for his Chromebooks. Yeah. He's a console first guy. He always has been. I, I you I've know, always been a console guy. Console. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're just looking at getting a PC. Any particular reason why? Maybe any games that you're like interested in that you can't get on console or what? I just want to stop hearing the Chromebook thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little tired of it, and maybe I want to. Maybe I'll try the streaming gig. Like maybe I'll do like a like a weekly thing or something. That would be really fun. I hope you do decide to do that. I've, the world would be a better place with a weekly Marco stream. Um, yeah. yeah it may, it'd basically just be fighting games, honestly. I'll just lab. Yeah. I, I basically do that as is. Like My favorite thing to do in a fighting game, is, outside of like fighting people, is just being in the t- training mode and figuring shit out. Yeah, that sounds like fun. 
Uh, so let's see. My next one is I want to play Do the Witcher 3. Uh, Dakota and I were talking about this before the podcast started. This is something I've wanted to do for how long, Dakota? Like three, four years? Literally we- three years. <laughs> yeah. Literally. I can't exaggerate that. Like, so I, I've just been saying that I would play it for th- that long. And I, Witcher 1 and Witcher 2 are two of my favorite games. Witcher 2 in particular. So, you know, honestly, Witcher is one of my favorite franchises. And I, how can I say that and have not played the ultimate game from the fan? It would be like saying I, you know, I didn't play Mass Effect 3, but Mass Effect is one of my favorite franchises. I just don't know I can do that Literally, for another since year. Since this game has come out, everyone has been shutting down your chance to play it. This this game came out in 2015. I had like just, I remember because I just graduated high school, so it sticks. But yeah. So that's literally three years ago. Like, just play it. I just I'm so tired of just... Ben not playing it and hearing him all. I just want to play it and seeing it in the damn polls. Just let them, just let Ben play the game, damn it. Let me play it. <laughs> Marcus, uh, what's your next one? I really need to play Secret of Mana. I need yeah, to actually I gave it do to you. that. <laughs> you absolutely need to do that. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. Well, Dakota, what about you? Um, I I know, like, I want to get into like some kind of I don't know. I just want to get into like a new game or a new series or something. Or I guess I just want to play more new games because I always kind of stick to the my to my same old my same old same old games. I just want to be real. I don't know. I just want to try yeah, new, take more some new chances. games. Yeah. Say, take some chances in 2019. I like that. Play stuff outside of your comfort zone. So my my last one is to get back to my achievement hunting roots. Um, I just I really love achievement hunting. I noticed I I got more platinums this year than I have in the last like three or four years. But when I first started nice. playing games. And much like any young person, um, you know, my my parents were always great about supporting my interest in games as soon as it, it as it begun. But I would get a game and then I would play the hell out of it until it was maxed out because I just didn't have every game on the market. Now, as an adult, I tend to buy a lot of games and then either just play through them or not play through them at all. And then they just are done. Like, that's it. But I love just like really diving deep into a game kind of like what dakota was saying but like you know finding games that i really like and just putting a lot of time into those because for me achievement hunting is like that's where you really figure out what a game is about when you've like explored all of its details and that's when you can really have a nuanced conversation about you know what what was this game trying to do so i want to do more of that in i feel that 2019 dakota what's your last one okay my last one I've been talking about it on Twitter and Snappy Chat in like my 4 a.m. fever dreams <laughs> uh, while I'm just on one at that time in the morning. But uh-huh. I want to make a game. Yeah. I Legit- saw I saw you talking about this on Twitter. Yeah. At 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to make a game. And so my goal for like by the end of the year is have like a fully fleshed out like idea, like basic stuff like everything ready like done and you you're you want to learn how to code at least a little bit right uh yeah is that part of the plan or or would you design the game or around i want to have at least like what's going on with the game first like what it is where it's gonna go like the kind of like mechanics and everything with it right i have like a whole little notebook and sticky notes that i do at work while i sit and do nothing an ambitious um, project. Yes. So uh, by the end of the year, I want it to be like a fully fleshed out concept. 
So one of the things I just took a digital games class, um, which is the first time I've ever taken any kind of education in, uh, in games. And they have us do, that's sort of like a concept class where you're like thinking about why people play games. And then the next thing that they have you do is really learn like the coding behind it. So it seems like there's this whole strategy of like game development that people are actually starting to learn. Like we, you know, we've always learned how to have like writing structure, right? Like, I don't know if you guys took any standardized tests, but like the whole, what was it? Like five paragraphs and out, you have like the, the intro, the three body paragraphs and the conclusion, stuff like that are things we learned, but we don't learn about actual technological design at an early stage in our life. So that, that'll be interesting. I'm excited to hear about your adventure. I hope you post a lot about it on Twitter and talk to us about it here. Definitely. You will. Cause I won't shut up about it. Good. I can even Mar give you an idea of what it would be if you would want. <laughs> yes, I do. We, you know what we should do? We should have an entire episode where we just talk about game ideas that we want to see. Let's do that. Ooh, that and sounds that fun. Yeah, that really sounds okay. Like we'll do that, that sounds good. Okay, Marcos, what about you? Last I one. I want to have a platinum ranked Kage on Street Fighter Five. How difficult is that for somebody who doesn't know anything about the character? Uh, your top five percent of players, I think. Okay, you can do that. It's a new character. He's weird. He's really, really technical, but uh, he's a lot of fun. And er the last time I did something like this was in Street Fighter Four as Akuma. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna play a lot of Street Fighter Five, basically. Good. Well, uh, both of you will have to keep everyone updated on your Twitter accounts or on here, or whatever, on your New Year's. I'll do the same on our resolutions. Um, so we we do have a, a fun new game this year. Uh, and I do want to talk about this just a little bit because this is a small change of pace in terms of how we do things. We are resetting the points. We have a trophy now that will be delivered to anybody who wins the season. And I am involved. Now, the only time I am not involved is when a guest comes on. They will be taking my place. Uh, so if we have a fourth person, they will be taking my place in terms of the points. But We'll be taking uh, little games from our $1 and above patrons every month. This one is from Tina Jameson. I'll explain the rules before we do it. But first, the game is called What Year Is It? The rules. Two contestants will guess what year a game came out. If neither contestant guesses correctly within three years, the host wins a point. In the result of a tiebreaker, whoever is closer to the correct year gets a point. So your goal is to guess within three years of a game. If you both do it, it's whoever's closer. Understood? Okay. All right, so let's start things off. We're going to do five. We'll be doing this through the end of the month, so presumably four episodes, maybe five. Um, we'll we'll do five games. These are I felt like these were all relatively easy. I came up with these uh, games, so you can always... Or sorry, the uh, I came up with the specific games that we'll be talking about. If you want to send us a game, I can always fill in the blanks. So if you want to just send us a concept, that's fine. Okay, Super Mario 64, Dakota, you'll uh, kick off the new year. What year did Super Mario 64 come out? Uh, you're not allowed to do games that are older than me. <laughs> uh, no. Maybe this is. Oh, my goodness. I don't know. Yeah, it probably is. Uh, I, can't tell, I can't say that because... No, I know, but I... I just intrinsically know the game is either the year I was born or like right before it. Um, okay. Cause it was but on the N64. I never had an N64. 
you know what? I'm just going to go with 97. Okay. Marcos? It's 96. 96. Marcos God wins a damn point. It. I sadly do not. Dakota doesn't either. Okay. Here's a tougher one. Marcos has to go first this time. Tetris. Tetris. 83. Okay. Dakota? 82. <laughs> You're both. You both are <laughs> correct. It was 84, but Marcos wins the tiebreaker. damn it. I Yo. feel like that was that was my best chance at winning. That was my best I'm chance at winning a point. Godlike. Today. I am godlike. Okay. Mass Effect, Marcos, you have to go first again. Ooh. Um fucking 2007? Dakota. Mass Effect? Just like yeah. the first one? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um Quick responses only to avoid cheating. <laughs> was, that, was that on the... Um, I, it was on Xbox first before PlayStation. That's the only reason it's weird for me. I don't know how uh, long before it, it came out. But it was, yeah. I don't even know. I'm going to go 2004? I don't know. Again, both within three years. Marcos hits it on the head. 2007. Uh, yeah. pretty, pretty good, Marcos. Okay. Here's a trickier one. Bully, the Rockstar game. Marcos, you have to go first again. Dude, I love this game. Uh, 2006. Dakota? Two, two, uh, five. I don't know. 2006, Marcos. What the hell, dude? <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm how, like... How are you I, this good at this? Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm good at remembering when I was playing this game. Like I have, I have memories of me playing bully in like middle school or something. I think it was around middle school. Yeah, I'm at an inherent disadvantage because I am the youngest, <laughs> and I Just did by not a little bit on a GameCube, and I was not allowed to play these games. You know what? That that doesn't spare you. That doesn't spare you. I swear to Christmas, I'm not cheating. I'm just. I just you could, I'm, you're really answering so quickly. There's no way. Yeah, Unless I'm someone like, else God damn it! You just know. Okay. My, com- my computer's fucking up. Here, here's the last one. <laughs> There's no way for Marcos to not gain this point, but we'll do it just for kicks and giggles. Oh, is this Kingdom Hearts? Uh, Goldeneye 007. Marcos. Uh, what is that? 80... Wait, 92? Okay. Dakota? I'm going to be a cop-out and say 90, whatever he said. 92. 92? You're just going to go with the same one as him? <laughs> <laughs> That way, if we're both wrong, we're both losing. <laughs> well, you're you're both losing. Marcos is going to take the point anyway. It's whoever is going to get more today. He gets so he'll get one point. It was 1997. Oh. God damn it! Yeah, not yeah. Even, no one. I, 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 I never get the played point there. That was stupid of me because it was N64, but I never played Goldeneye. So okay. Yeah. So I think what we'll do is we'll just do a cumulative point. So Marcos just gets one, meaning he. I don't can like you imagine that. if he got no. all of those. <laughs> No, I don't, no, I don't I'm, like this. I'm really worried that somebody would get blown out if like one of you gets particularly <laughs> good at this game and Marcos is like realizing all my fears right now. So No, I'm I I should reserve the right to like hoard those like what is that? Four points? I'll take that. Put me on yeah. the board. <laughs> one Shock zero, Marcos. Dakota will have a chance to catch up later. Um we have a really, really funny question. You guys <laughs> you gotta play to my strengths. This. Yeah, well, maybe the next one will be. Who My knows? strengths are new age games made uh, probably 2010 and after. <laughs> and they're also comfy games and 
No, twenty ten and after. Classing. That's when I was. That's when I was cognitive <laughs> we'll, and thinking. We'll get some. We'll get some twenty eighteen. You were. <laughs> we're not going to get into that. Okay, so uh, some news this week from Software announced. Well, announced that they had two unannounced titles oh. uh, in the works. And of course, this sets up a lot of interesting questions. Miyazaki was the one who said this. Miyazaki's working on a game called Sekiro right now, which means in all likelihood, he's at the very most overseeing the other two games. And two games in which Miyazaki has said that he would not be a part of, or at least one, was the Dark Souls sequel. And the other one he's alluded to was a Bloodborne sequel, um, both of which seem really possible at this point in some capacity. I think I'd be more surprised if I saw Dark Souls 4 or whatever rather than Bloodborne. But here's the kicker. He did say that these both of these titles would be familiar in that they both were Souls-like. So that doesn't necessarily mean that it isn't Dark Souls, although I would assume that that is probably the case. Marcos, put some odds on this. If you're an odds maker, uh, like just what are, what's, what are the percentage chances that one of these games is Bloodborne 2? I'd give about 80%. That high? Yeah, I think it's going to happen. So I think backing that up a little bit, uh, there was some rumors, and I'm putting this in quotes because it was pretty well accepted by just about everyone that this was true, that From Software owed Sony at least one more game. So they had some sort of contractual agreement where they would develop a certain amount of sequ- or excuse me, exclusive titles for Sony. Now they've done Demon Souls, they've done Bloodborne. It seems like it might be time to wind that out and do a third on the PS5 whenever that comes. So I think there's probably some pretty good odds um, in regards to Bloodborne 2 being a thing. Dakota, I know you don't follow this very much, but is there any kind of Souls-like experience that you would want to play? Like a universe where that kind of combat or whatever might interest you? I know you played a little bit of Bloodborne, so... Um, just interested if, I enjoyed if, that. Yeah, so is there any like particular setting you could see that kind of combat being where you'd be like, yeah, I really am excited to play that? If it was like a very bright, lively fantasy world. Hmm. Like, essentially take the idea of Dark Souls and Bloodborne and reverse it to be very bright, not so <laughs> dark and dreary and sad. <laughs> well, I guess it can still be sad, but I just want it to be, like, bright and colorful and, like, a very high-end fantasy world. Yeah, that sounds fun. hard-ass combat, and it's also sad as hell. That sounds really good, because you can have really, really nice contrasts on, like, you can have a giant flower bed, a really beautiful flower bed, and... Be killing this fucking fairy or this druid, and the blood would be very. Oh stark. yeah, that does. Yeah. That sounds really good. That really tickles the imagination. Yeah. So uh, the only thing I can think of here, Dakota, is maybe. And I thought about this for just a second. What about like a Dark Souls prequel, where before the world went to shit and everything looked <laughs> terrible, it was like that. It was like lively and colorful. I don't know. Maybe that'd be something they'd they'd be interested in trying. I don't know. That, I mean, that should work because Dark Souls is fantasy. If it was yeah. just like bright, right. there would be tons of dragons. Tons of dragons. Tons of dragons, and they're like infiltrating the world. Probably. Yeah. Is how At that, that point, would it just be Dragon Age? Um, that's a good question. I feel like Dragon Age is much more humanistic. I was like, just trying to be funny. Wanna... <laughs> 
<laughs> I was just, <laughs> I, I, I don't know anything about literally. Dragon Age, so I knew this would backfire, but I was trying. <laughs> well, Dragon Age is, is similarly, I think Dragon Age is more what you're talking about. Like, I would be, hmm, I would be surprised if you went and played Inquisition, which is like much more modern. I know you tried Origins, which I do feel like is outdated. I hated um, Origins. I feel like you could get into Inquisition because that game is like all about high fantasy. It's got the, it looks gorgeous. It's got like the relationships and the branching narratives, all those things the that you seem to really thing enjoy. With Dragon Age is like most games, you really don't have to play like the earlier editions. With like Dragon Age and Mass Effect series, you have to. Well, I will say that the Dragon Age had a really interesting tool where you could go through the story like in about Someone half an hour because I think I did that. that. And you can make all the decisions, and I feel like you would you would probably like doing that. It was pretty cool. cool. Yeah, because I, I, as much as I'd love to get into it, I can't stomach Origins. Yeah, not only I, is it ugly, I and hate two the isn't that good either. Yeah. Just skip the first two and try Inquisition. That'd be my advice. Um, so I'll okay, dab on it. Yeah, I think <laughs> I'll dab on. It. <laughs> <laughs> um so was that like a mixture of dabble and like dab like, no it... like literally imagine me dabbing <laughs> <laughs> okay Go to GameStop, um... grab the disc and just dab on the fucking cashier oh man <laughs> i can oh, see Lord. it <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh it's time for us to thank some patrons before we move on to our discussion uh so first, thank you for listening, everyone. We had our a tremendously successful first year of uh, hosting the Epilogue Game Podcast, and we're hoping to continue that into 2019. I think we did 35 total episodes last year, which means that we'll probably draw closer um, to the 100 mark by the end of this year. I would be surprised if we weren't closing in on like 75, 80. So yeah, I was gonna say like by the math we should hit like seventy at the least. Hopefully we'll hit more though because we took a lot of breaks last we year. We took so. a lot of breaks and we've been a lot better recently. I think um, you know. So as I think we, we started, can hit eighty or maybe even ninety. It seems it seems possible. So um, we'd like to take a second to thank all of our Patreon sponsors. We got two new ones this month: Christy Navarro hey, and Sell You Heard. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say. <laughs> We'd also like to give a special shout out to our gold tier members and above Matt Buchanan, Tina Jameson. Thanks for sending that question in or the game in, Tina. Thanks, the Dragon Slayer, Drath Josh, Disney lover for life, chocolate chip pancakes, and X Creations. You too can become a Patreon member for as little as $1 a month over at patreon.com slash epilogue gaming. Included are a variety of rewards and perks. So check it out when you have some time. We are at an all-time high on Patreon, which is really fun. We're getting closer to Dakota's uh, spoiler cast. Spy spoiler cast! I'm yeah, like, so we're getting really I, close I, to that. I look at our Patreon like every month, and I'm like, uh. So close. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to use my mom's Patreon shout-out to shout-out my cousins, because they're sweet little dumplings. Sure, yeah. that They... Um, I love well, you, cousins. <laughs> thank you, thank you for listening. <laughs> There's a lot of them. <laughs> all of so I'm not going to say all their names. All listening. Okay, so this is an episode that has been in the wings for a long time, and I just want to preempt all of this by saying that some of the content that we're talking about is sexual in nature because that's just what you have to do when you're talking about sex video games. Uh, we'll try and keep things as PG-13 as we can because. There's no reason to get into the nitty gritty. I don't think to have a discussion. 
Um, all right. <laughs> so just keep that in mind. Um, you know, we'll we'll do our best here. But I did, you know, this is something that I think we need to define right off the bat. Uh, what is a sex video game? Because as we were talking about earlier, you have things like Dead or Alive. Is that that's what it's called, right? Dead or Alive. Yeah, Dead or Alive. Yeah, Dead or Alive, where it's like obviously it's erotic in nature. You have people in bikinis just walking around and they're you know they're fighting or playing volleyball or whatever. And it's like the game on its surface isn't really developed in order to be particularly good in most cases, but sometimes just to arouse whoever they're whoever's playing the game. There were a couple instances of this before. What is the uh those DS games? Um the uh the one with the old man. It was really creepy. I got creepy vibes from it. Either of you remember those? Your description is too vague. <laughs> those okay. old well, DS games with the old man. That's you know what? I'll, I'll think of it Pokemon? before the end of the episode. Now I'll think of it before the end of the episode. They used I used to see them at Blockbuster and stuff all the time. Okay, so they weren't good games. No, they of course they weren't. They weren't good. I mean, I I didn't play them, but the, you know, you never hear people talk about them as like, oh, those were <laughs> 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 the pillars of game creation. Like nobody's talking about them that way. So. You know, it, it's difficult to define this because there isn't a whole lot of precedent. Um, but ultimately, I think what it comes down to is a game that is developed around its sexuality or <coughs> sexual content. Let's so, go. Thank you. Uh, rather than has it as sort of there's other game mechanics involved, just like we were talking about with the comedy game. Like, what would a comedy game look like? Well, a sex game, the goal is to actually have sex in the game or part of the game, a major function or mechanic of the game is to have sex. So, Marcos, what for you and in your experience here, uh, what for you makes a sex game a sex game? Um, Well, the ones that I played, they're more sexy than anything, although you do get into um, some eroticism. Sure. Um, But basically, if your intention is to have sex, like, there's a goal in the game that allows you to have sex. I believe that's pretty much where you're at. And so <clears throat> I should clarify, it's not even necessarily like the act of sex, but to do something sexual, like Marcos was saying, like sexy yeah. or like whether it's, you know, have a character take their shirt off or something like that. The goal is erotic in nature, right? Yeah. So that that's kind of where things come from. Dakota, is there anything in particular that quantifies a, a sex game for you? Um, like mechanic, like action. Yeah, mechanically. Like, yeah. Oh, um, I mean, do it. Just <laughs> doing it. Yeah. I just don't so, want to repeat the same thing you guys have said like three times. So I'm, no, I. And that's I the main that's goal, the though. It's like right. some sort of like erotic, er- eroticness, I guess. There, there's got to be, or else it's not a sex. If it like, oh, I guess the games that I was thinking of though aren't. Huh. The goal. Oh, hmm. There's got to be something erotic about the game. Yeah. Well, so that's very vague in general on purpose. I was thinking this, Marcos, you've played through Mass Effect. Is Mass Effect a sex game? Oh, yeah, dude. I was thinking about the same thing, but with God of War. Yeah. Um, Oh, what about The Witcher? yeah, Yeah. Also works. I think games have it, like much like how films have sex scenes, but they aren't porno. Like, or porn? I don't know how to. Yeah. So okay. This is this is that's exactly where I wanted to get to. I yeah. was trying to push this in that direction. 
for me and my experience after and we'll talk about some of the games um that we've we've been playing this really just function as functions as porn and i ultimately i don't think that these games because when i was i was looking at some of the way i stumbled into this topic was looking at some of the most sought after most paid for games of 2018 and i didn't recognize a lot of them and it turned out a lot of them were like sex video games so you know i told marcos and dakota this is something we were going to host a podcast on and uh we all went and played a few of the the different titles yeah i delved into reluctantly delved into some sex games shout outs to the playstation holiday sale having them for like 80 percent off (laughs) so we should also (laughs) provide a little a little context here um a couple of months ago, Steam said that it was going to take a more hands-off approach, which is kind of a funny <laughs> euphemism in this case, because <laughs> really they're taking a more hands-on approach uh, to game curation. And it, they said this in June of 2018. So um, that pretty much opened the door for sex games. And then just recently, they came up with a, an uh, addendum that was like, hey, you know what we said about sex games? Well, like, yes, we mean that, but there's some rules first and a couple of those rules meant uh i think that there's no real violence allowed with the sexual um contact and that there's no younger uh minorities involved or even younger looking characters in the game which i think was a great boundary for them to set up early because we all knew that you know if you if you look at any of the real controversial games oftentimes they involve people in uh you know younger looking people and it's it's just that's a dangerous thing i think ultimately that if you ever want sex games to be a thing that cannot be a part of it that kid just cannot be a part of it so steam (laughs) go ahead marcus just don't break just don't break the law in the game i guess right yeah and i think that that is kind of an easy boundary for them to set up glad that it happened shortly after that sony said that they were instituting new policies in place that would rigorously um watch over any game that was to be placed on their platform and this seemed to be with a focus on sexuality so in the future it it almost seems like sony it wants to step away from that thing that kind of thing while steam steps closer and marcos there's been a few things on switch right where the uh, uh, as of recently at least a few sex games or like sexual games yeah, I believe the Senran Kagura game that I don't even know that that's how you pronounce it. It's all in Japanese. But the one I've been playing on PlayStation 4, I believe, is on Switch as well. And what's that? That's the uh it's like Dynasty Warriors, but okay. everybody's a ninja. You're all women. Oh um, yeah. This was the this was the more fun one to play. It actually had gameplay. It's basically Dynasty Warriors. You're, uh, I don't know if you've seen anime. It's very anime. Like, it's very, very anime. And you're basically uh, running around, giant beat em up. Every time you, do, you beat up these women ninja, their clothes come off. Um, you, ha- you yourself have a transform ability where you uh, go to your touchpad mm-hmm. and. Uh, pretend you're ripping off their clothes like doing the left and right thing and their clothes come off and you have a frenzy mode are you also a female in this game yes you, okay <laughs> there is no at least from what i've played like two three hours of it and uh, there are no males in this game no male characters okay yeah dakota is there anything you've been playing or have played in the past 
that you would define as a sex game? I have not played anything. I didn't do as much research as Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> but I have played Honey Pop. That's okay. I think that constitutes that's a the sex most. Game. That's right. probably like the most like well known sex game. I'd yes. say that's not blatantly mm-hmm. fornication. That right. one's fun. Yeah, Honey Pop's fun. So um, what's the goal in Honey Pop? Literally to have sex. Like literally, you're a virgin. <laughs> the sex fairy comes into your life. And he's like, wow, you need to get laid. And so and then, he, he does what? You, you, then you try and get laid, but you got to play little puzzle games. It. It's, <laughs> right. like, it's like bedazzle. <laughs> yeah, you got to play bejeweled. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where things get really interesting for me because they use gameplay mechanics in order to reach the goal of like having sex or seeing somebody take their shirt well, off, no, like Marco literally said. For this, like in the sex scene, you're playing bejeweled. Yeah. And, and like as you get like as you get oh. more combos and your score goes up, like there's moaning in the background and like she'll start stripping, and it, okay. or you'll and you'll get like a little picture. Yeah, and like, you'll get like crazy. A, you'll get an O face. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah. Interesting. So I I talked about uh, some games that I I had been playing. I've I've played two. Um, I've played I think two games, and both of them were like point and click adventures. So. The first one is a game called Summertime Saga, and this is the most popular Patreon uh, game where most of these sex games exist outside yeah. of things like Honey Pop. Um, where, uh, so Summertime Saga, as I understand it, is the most popular Patreon game. I think it makes like $50,000 a month, which is crazy. It has a ton of Patreon. That doesn't even sound right. Let me, uh, let me no, look. it's th- it's insane because I had to I can't play it because Steam or whatever, but I did watch some walkthroughs of it, and it was insane to see just how many people were watching these things since they weren't even on YouTube. But like you couldn't even watch this stuff on YouTube, right? So okay, so it is forty. You have they're to currently up to watch these. Uh, no, there was like a Vimeo, I think is what it's called. Yeah, hmm. so there, this game is at forty five thousand dollars every month. That means over the course of 12 months, it's making $600,000. It has a development team of like five or six people. That is a lot of money. That's a lot of money. I was so mad when I first looked at the game because it's so ugly. And I saw how many people were into it. And I was like, why? So you're talking about Summertime? Yeah, Summertime Saga. I don't know. It just looks ugly to me. So it's, it's really like a... For me, this is the weird thing. I'll be perfectly frank with both of you. I felt nostalgic when I was playing this game. <laughs> oh my god, Ben, what did you do in your childhood? <laughs> <laughs> so let me let me clarify. Uh when I I played um the only kind of video games I played as a kid were point and click games on my computer. And okay. I have not played a point and click game in like 15 years. So of course <laughs> I I play Summertime Saga. And for the first like uh, five to six hours, I don't think I there was any sexual content really involved. Uh, you're basically playing a, a kid who's like just in college or something. And I think just like uh, you were saying with Honey Pop, the kid hasn't had sex before. He's like listed as like a dorky kind of guy. And of course, there's all of these women just like madly tripping over him and his dorkiness um, as as the game goes on and you like develop relationships. But for the most part, there's just a bunch of like mini games and it's point and click and it's like you have to choose the right conversation paths. Stuff like that. I don't 
there there was nothing about the game that really didn't feel like a video game to me. If a point and click counts as a, a video game, it this felt like a point and click adventure. The only difference was some of the cutscenes involved actual sex. Um, and much like I've I've only played a handful of uh, what are the visual novels? Yes, scenario. Uh, yeah, so like um, this felt kind of like the only one that I've played, Hatoful Boyfriend, where you like have there's several paths you can choose, and you know. Sorry, you can... I didn't mean to do that on purpose. It was just timing. Uh, <laughs> so you uh, you have essentially you're just choosing paths to go down, and eventually you get to the end of a path and you decide whether or not you want to go start a new one or whatever. Um, and in these games, you would have sex. Your character would have sex. And... You don't have sex in a hot to full boyfriend, by the way. You're not fucking birds. Right. <laughs> but just but like you're the dating birds. You're dating birds and you're kissing birds. It's not that different. Honestly, you never truly end up with the birds. It's true, though. <laughs> it's almost a little sad. They all reject yeah. you where you can't date them for one reason or another because obviously they're birds. Okay? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, that was, that was the big one that I had played. And I, just... When I was going, when I was going through the game, it really, it felt like there was no artistic merit to it. Even though some of the gameplay mechanics, it felt very like simplified. I enjoyed exploring the town. I my character has two jobs: he uh, fixes some woman's garden, and he oh. delivers pizzas. I did I both of those. Yeah, and I saw of, those. <laughs> most of the time, what I was doing was saving up money for my character. Like, I, I don't know why, but that's, that's what I was doing. And sometimes, like, the various women or men in the game, but I think I didn't, I didn't get to any uh, moments where my character, who was male, could sleep with another male, but I think that was a possibility uh, because it, they, they had some uh, male characters listed in the... They called it the to-do list, <laughs> of course. <laughs> so... Um, I, that, <laughs> that seemed that seemed like a possibility. I didn't I didn't make it that far. Oh, that made me really happy. Um, but you know, just like saving up money and you'd like go buy things for people. You'd you'd do things for them like little fetch quests. They're like, hey, I left my cat out in the uh, the field. Can you like go get it? And then you you know you'll have some little mini game or whatever, and you'll get the cat, return it to them, and of course they reward you not if not with sex, then some romantic gesture. So it was pretty much the game. And I, you know, I watched a handful of other ones um, that I deemed to be not too. Uh, there, there was a lot, a lot of games um, that were particularly. There were there were a moral affront to me. <laughs> I'll put it that way. I feel you. I played Galgun, which was pretty bad. So what's there... that? Galgun is uh, you ever played House of the Dead? Um, no, I haven't. You ever played House of the Dead? No, mm -mm. Uh, it's like uh, you know what rail shooters are like. Yeah, yeah time yeah. crisis. Like you're at an arcade and there's like things you need to shoot and you have guns. You need to do that. Right. It's basically what it is. But uh, you're a high school kid that gets hit by Cupid, and she's like, "Yo, you need to get laid." Basically, like every you always you always play as this person that needs to get laid. And, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's like the premise of all of these. And uh, you get this gun that basically shoots pheromones, or they call it like a doki doki shot, something like that. Oh god! And and um, instead of like zombies running at you, trying to like you have a health bar and everything, like you have a UI. Right. But instead, instead of zombies coming at you trying to kill you, they're uh, women trying to uh, declare their love to you because you got shot by Cupid's arrow, and everybody's like raring to get you. 
So you're trying to shoot them back with these things and uh, make them orgasm before they reach you. And that definitely feels like a moral, like, gray area, right? Oh, it gets, <laughs> it gets worse. Not because even gray. They, it's just... It gets even worse because, like, there's, like, they introduce this mechanic where you can, like, zoom in for, like, what I thought was a sniper shot, but then you can start, like, seeing through their clothes. And then there's, like, a bonus mode where you basically, uh, the, the female is rotating and you're just prodding their body until they ejaculate. Yikes. Yeah. So there, there were some games like that that I saw that I was just like, okay, I'm not even gonna bother. I just that, oh, that, I bothered. <laughs> just, just to clarify, most sex games are like this. If you're yeah. looking, I, I, I did my research. There's a handful of like, and not uh, of any coincidence. Most of the, um, I guess, the the more carefully done ones seem to be LGBT focused. Uh, and there was only a handful of those, and they tended to be less popular, which means less development. Um, they weren't as far along. But there are a lot of games being made right now. And I think the concern, just from like an overarching perspective, is that a lot of these games seem to be like extremely niche towards like one particular fetish or something like that. And, you know, just... It, it seems like there would be there's a good place for like a just a normal erotic kind of game, but there isn't a whole lot of that. And I think Summertime was kind of close, but still that's centered around like a male fantasy, and you're just not going to draw you know a, an entire demographic of gamers. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like really. <laughs> I so think any even like the majority of even like games that I would consider like not I I don't I want to like separate sex games versus games about sexuality right because i feel like that's like yeah you have honey pop that's a blatant sex game but if you have like a game like catherine where that's like a game focused around like sexuality and i guess sex kind of i've never played yeah, sort of, i just yeah. know very vaguely what it's about like the that's plot kind of is game. about sexuality yeah, yeah it's yeah like, you're a but like that's an extremely yeah. popular game and it did well i assume well enough yeah. i've heard the of it one, i've seen it in stores Pretty recently, I believe, like Catherine Full Body, I think is what it's called. But I don't think, like, in the future, none of these games are gonna, well, any kind of, I don't know. I don't know how to say, but, like, as a woman, <laughs> it's all focused around, like Ben said, like a male fantasy. And it's like, okay, well, this is fun. I have a big fake dick, I guess. <laughs> 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 like games like where you see like games like Dream Daddy where it's like that's fun that's like it's not that's not even a sex game but like you know a romantic interest game where Dream which I, I love dating sims yeah dating sims are very close dating sims to me are kind of like depends on the dating sim because some of them do end in saucy right but, yeah, they're, they're knocking around the door that you know what I mean they're they're close to what we're talking about they just I don't think... take the plunge Sakura Spirit is a big one that's pretty close. Oh, to I was going to say I, I was like I was thinking of the Sakura games. Yeah, Sakura Spirit's one of them. So what it, what are those games involved? It's basically uh, what uh, Dakota was saying. It, like they're um, visual novels. They're like dating sims, but they do get to the edge of like eroticism. It's like very implied more than it is like in your face. Okay. Yeah, and it, it'll give you like saucy pictures like during certain scenes. I think there was one. It was called like Sakura Fantasy. Um, and like you guys are adventuring these crazy woods, and there's a tentacle monster oh, that has God. slime that dissolves your clothes. 
It's YouTube safe, but he probably was uh, not getting paid for that video. That's yeah. amazing. But uh, yeah, it, where it gets, it's definitely very like erotic to say nicely, but it's technically not a sex game. It's just, you know, weird. Just weird. <laughs> and that's kind of, let's be honest, that's kind of what the sex game genre is in video games right now. It's just weird. So we did research on this. You hear about the games we're talking about. They're they're weird. They're just there's no game I can point to and say yes. I as an epilogue game gaming member recommend this game, and you, know, have, man, you should go play it. I, there's just not. It doesn't exist. I think if you go play the Senran Kagura game on Switch, it's pretty censored. That one might be. It's basically if you like anime and you like um, Dynasty Warriors, go check it out. Yeah, I, <laughs> I I won't back up Marcos's recommendation, but I do. You know, I, I I don't recommend really playing any of these games, but I do recommend going to look at them because it'll give you an idea of this genre that is waiting to burst out and make tons of money. Because yeah, honestly, I think, I honest, think that's real. Yeah, that, that's no, real. I do too. I think this like literally, what's holding this back is that it's literally censored around like. Uh, I shouldn't even say men, but like a gamer man fantasy. Yeah, gamer man fantasy. You know exactly what I, I know, mean. That's why I want you to. I want that to be in quotes. I want that to be a gamer man fantasy. <laughs> that needs to be like a T-shirt. We make. And that's what's honestly holding all of these back, though, in my opinions, because like that's not even. I don't. I guess I don't know, but like, sure, that's like I'll quote. I'll say quote half, but like I should say straight gamer man fantasy. Because well, so, that's not even technically half, because that assumes gays don't play games. Right. Well, I but, think um, one of one of the most interesting things about the Bioware games is that at least in Andromeda and Mass Effect two and three, you had options for all kinds of LGBT stuff. You could create a female shepherd, and you could date women. There were certain characters in the game who were just gay. It wasn't like everybody's free season. And you can date everybody in the game. Some characters were gay. Some characters were bisexual. Some characters were straight. It had good representation of other people. Yeah. And it I remember took them... starting it. Yeah. Mass Effect Andromeda made me start a new game because there was a character I couldn't uh, romance because they were gay. I mean, I've had this conversation a hundred times before with Marcos, but like I played through Mass Effect 2 like three times just to see if I could date Miranda. That's all <laughs> I wanted to do. And the game made it really hard for that because the kind of character that I played, Miranda just wasn't interested in. And it was like that, at least the characters felt like they had autonomy. Like they yeah, could say yeah. no. At least they say no. Yeah, man. I was going to say like, how do we feel about games where it's like, like the Stardew Valley or because there's a games where you can like date other characters, but like, you know, it just gives you your set of eight dateable characters and you could date them regardless of your gender because like being gay is cool. Right. But like, does that feel like almost like kind of a cop out? Cause it's like, well, now these characters feel like they lack a certain kind of depth. Cause it's like, you can kind of just date them regardless. Cause I, I like that mass effect. It adds like that or even dragon age. It adds that like extra to the characters. Cause they actually have their own identities versus just being whatever you can like, whatever your mind puts onto the character, I guess is a way to say it. That's a great question. I think first yeah. and foremost, if you're, 
Yes, on some level, it means the characters lap, lack the same kind of depth, but it's still a step forward for me. Like, yeah. I definitely appreciate the fact that these characters uh, can be gay or can be bisexual. Um, and, you know, a lot of people treat sexuality as a spectrum. I think it's okay for a game like Stardew to just say, hey, here are your eight dateable characters. That's fine because what I don't. What I'm not saying it's wrong. I just thought I'd throw yeah. it out there as a no. I think it a really interesting I'm, point. I, I Moving, can't say it's wrong as the only not straight person also here. Also, Marcos. Yeah, I have. Uh, I have. Uh, I have fun. Yeah. <laughs> we we are uh, we are a diversified diversified <laughs> podcast, Dakota. Uh, you know. But okay. uh, <laughs> so Says anyway, the straight white cis man. Okay, okay. I knew it would come out eventually, but <laughs> no, I, I had to do it. <laughs> what about all those poor podcast listeners who didn't know? They imagined me as someone else, and now I have that man. I don't think they did. You're right. Probably not. <laughs> you imagine they can go hit up Ben at the nearest Halo or, or a nice fun <laughs> Chippendales. Uh, so I think this this is a really interesting topic, and it's I'll be honest, it's not it's not super easy to explore. It's a little uncomfortable, and even when I'm playing it, I'm like, okay, like why am I doing this? But there's <laughs> oh, some... absolutely. Yeah. I was walked in playing Galgun, and it was not fun. Cynthia no. was she had questions. Oh, it was it was a uh, yeah. Those games are they're weird, man. Yeah. Uh, so it's just I don't know. It's all it's it's interesting, but I don't know. Something needs to happen. I think whether these games start getting put on Steam or whatever, I think we ultimately need to if this conversation is going to take the next step forward, some platform has to welcome these types of games with open arms. And I don't know. Do you see that happening, Dakota? Um, no. The only one I would see is like Steam. Only because like Sony's not going to do it. None of the consoles are really going to truly do it because like, their whole thing is being family friendly and whatever. I, I mean, can't imagine Epic Games Store doing it because their thing is Fortnite and little children love Fortnite. And you know how bad it would be if a child just stumbled upon a <laughs> sexy game <laughs> while trying to, they misspell Fortnite and spell it <laughs> fuck night. I don't know. <laughs> that was amazingly quick. I was trying to think of something in my head. I <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. I well, think- I think Marcus. it will happen 100%. You know why? Because Microsoft is going to get Sega, and Sega makes some pretty uh, pretty saucy games. I think it's going to happen. They're wow, be that is, that the is your long... You just keep stringing that Sega acquisition along. Yeah, like, they're working on that Shenmue thing, man. Shenmue 3, there's going to be sex in it, guaranteed. That's going to be and the game that starts it off. The one thing I will say is that whoever does decide to do it is going to make a lot of money. Is there... Is there any company that won't just try it? Nintendo. Right? I think Nintendo seems to be more okay with it right now than Sony. I mean, have you seen Bayonetta? Not that that's a sex game, but I mean... It's sexualized. I think think you're giving Sony a little too much uh, credits. I think they are absolutely still into the whole sex game. I think they're just trying to make it a little more difficult for the the youngins to pick it up. 
I think it's weird because a lot of games, because um, I mean, a lot of games play into the uh, male fantasy, just in general, point blank, period. So I feel like a lot of games are pretty sexualized, like any JRPG is very sexualized. I mean, if you look at Nier Automata, you, there's literally an achievement for looking up the main female character's skirt. Like, Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that's one hurdle that this whole, like, I guess if there's a sexual, if there's a sex game revolution or an industry, uh, sex industry game revolution, whatever, it's got to, like, jump over that hurdle of just being, like, perverted male fantasy idea because it's like okay we get it but like also women gays we need a lot more fun and you're not we need a indie scene to like blow up with this stuff like a prominent indie or up-and-coming indie developer that is ready to dive into this whole genre of games and take it seriously i think if it's gonna happen it needs to be taken seriously and not like as some sort of big joke yeah, like, I mean, that's for sure, right? You can't go into this thinking that sex is a I, joke. Like that's. that's I never played Dad Dating Simulator, but I feel like that was like a close step. But like it felt like a joke. Like it's like, oh, we're playing Dad Dating Simulator or Daddy Sim Daddy Dating Sim. I don't, I don't know. I can't remember. But, I do like, remember. You literally, you're daddy? literally a dad dating dads. Yeah. yeah. So like it's gay and it's fun, but like also a little bit feels a little bit like a joke, just a little bit, because I mean it's supposed to be funny and humorous, but yeah. I never played, so I can't say for certain, but. People need to mature. They need they need to be ready for this stuff. I don't know. It's weird to me that sex isn't as accepted in video games as just pure unadulterated violence. It's but weird I mean, that it took that's... us this long to get to that point. Yeah. Where like I I even had that down in my notes. It's I, I do want to ask just briefly, um, because I know we're all thinking the same thing here, including our listeners, but how can we sit here and demonize this kind of game creation? when some of our favorite games involve putting bullet holes in people's heads or yeah. running running them over with cars or whatever, why are those two things treated so differently? Um, and is it something, when we're looking at some of these games, uh, it, it, should we really be that concerned about a game centered around some stupid fantasy when you know uh, there's other games that involve shooting people, Dakota? I think... I'm, and I'm going to sound like the SJW feminazi this whole episode, and people are going <laughs> to... No, not at all. It. You don't. But I think... Oh, shit. Where'd my train of thought go? But I think it's because, like... And that's this isn't even just the games industry, but, like, the film industry, like, any, like anywhere. Just, like, social norms demonize, like, a woman's body. And, like, any sorts of set... Like, in any sorts of ways. Like, I mean, the whole nipple argument. Like, you can't show a woman's nipples, but you can show a man's nipples. And it's basically the same thing. I think it's just women's bodies are almost like, um, like they're criminalized almost, just a little bit. And I think that follows into the game industry. It's just a cultural thing where like a woman's body in any sort of scenario, even like if it's not like sexual, is like bad. It's it's a bad thing, you know? Yeah, I I totally concur with your point. And I'll say something. I'm not, I don't think I'm at liberty to say this as as a guy. Uh, but I, I was playing Summertime Saga and it, it dawned on me about four characters in after I was doing like the quest line for a fourth character that all of these women were seen as a prize. Like if I do the thing, if I if I buy them this uh, this item or if I complete this mini game, 
then I am awarded their sexuality, right? And that felt off-putting because that's not something we necessarily want to teach people. Yeah, that's pretty gross. Right? Is that if they're doing, if you do something for somebody, you are owed sex. And I think that's really dangerous. And all of these games have that in common. Even the one Marcos was talking about where you're like, if you shoot them well enough with the pheromone gun, then you are given oh, yeah. their naked bodies. They're pretty, it's pretty bad. Don't go, don't go play in this game. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah. I'm glad we can uh, pull that recommendation off the table for sure. Um, but I don't know, Dakota, I think that's a really good point. And that, I think that's the significant difference right now is that you're looking at such a barrier between uh, you're looking at such a barrier between women being involved in this in any kind of way uh, that, that supports anything but a male fantasy and that's just that we as until we steer away from that i don't know that this type of genre can really exist yeah and like literally it's like i think that's the biggest problem is like pete like i don't want to see like just sex games about like the male fantasy because like not i i can't even say half of you know people that play games relate to that because i i I need to specify straight male fantasy um because that's keyword but like not even half of half of people that play games can relate to that. So like, right. but I feel like it's so like there's such a like a what's the word? Like it's not okay to like explore like one like even if we're gonna stray from like if if it's a gay man, you know that's different. I mean, you know that's still it's a more acceptable. But if it's like if you're gonna explore like a woman side of things, it's almost like taboo to explore like a woman's just sexual like sexuality okay so let me ask you a question then dakota do games need to present all perspectives a singular game does it need to present all perspectives or is that games as a whole need to present all perspectives so should we expect it game by game or should we expect it as a as a whole like the meta analysis of it should should there be games where you can play as uh, an LGBT character? Should there be games that have male fantasies? Should there be games that have female fantasies? Um, are are those things that all should exist across games or should they all exist in the same game? I think they can all exist like separately and like solely as their own thing. Not that there's nothing wrong with like a fun, goofy male fantasy like Honey Pop. That's a ton of fun. I love that. <laughs> I'm not saying like I hate these games. I hate men, but like, like that's fun. Honey Pop's a fun, good time. I love Honey Pop. I love pretending to be a guy and loving to objectify women, you know. But also, like, I'd like to also be a woman objectifying men (laughs) and sexualizing men to, like, their peak, you know? Like, that's fun. It's just kind of fun and goofy, I guess. I think I've I've talked about this before, and I wonder if the objectification wouldn't be different if it wasn't so lopsided. Like, if, if there weren't more male characters being objectified, would it not be okay to objectify characters because at least it's done equally. We've seen that on TV a lot recently where like, yes, Game of Thrones has boobs, but it also has dicks, right? Like, yeah, it has Jason Momoa. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so you Me see, and Marcos are both like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you see both and it's like, okay, well then, all right, everybody's having fun then, right? Or is that still problematic? This, no, I think that's like a like a fun good time. I think as long as it's inclusive, like as the genre, it, the genre itself has to be inclusive. You need to be everybody needs to be able to enjoy it. I mean, okay, 
So then let's set up. That'll be our our epilogue gaming stamp of approval. Inclusive. That doesn't mean that you have to take all of the objectification or fun out of it, but it has to be inclusive. Um, so I guess until then, uh, we'll maybe we'll reassess this at a future date. But right now, it just feels like this whole genre. Uh, kind of like sitting in a spaghetti pile. Explain. Like I don't. I feel like we, it's like we've Is got it, all no. these thoughts and like kind of nope. like nope. <laughs> I want to hear like, this. What's the it's metaphor? like that Waffle House bullshit. There's no metaphor. I just felt like saying spaghetti. I but in my head, we're just sitting in a pile of spaghetti. I thought this was like a common phrase that I, I just didn't you. know. I told you. She just wanted to say spaghetti. No, but that's literally like I can like in my head, we're just sitting in this like it's it's a Dakota metaphor, I should say. Where it doesn't it sounds good enough like you know like it sounds like it could be a thing but it doesn't make sense if you actually know anything what does that even like, mean <laughs> what is spaghetti to you spaghetti doesn't make sense like no, it doesn't really when you think about it <laughs> we're sitting in a pile of like spaghetti like we're just sitting in a plate of spaghetti we've got all these thoughts it's just like we've talked about a lot of different things pertaining to the subject and it's just kind of like well what do we do in this noodle bath yeah, I right. guess that doesn't I, make sense. No, I think it makes sense. Eh? No, um, no, I was against no. the Waffle House one, but I'm on board. Wait, no. did I do the Waffle House? I did the Waffle House, didn't I? I'm so mad. I don't remember even what I don't remember. I wasn't don't it, who wasn't it Mount Rushmore also? Yeah, there's that stuff. <laughs> oh, we won't, honestly, we won't I come up that. with fake BS metaphors though frequently. You just come um, up with mostly BS. just to make other people like Marcos who's angry about this spaghetti bowl. <laughs> I refuse for you. Like, I don't want to just sit here and listen to you just bad talk spaghetti. Like, It's not bad talking spaghetti. It's just spaghetti's like a little tangled up mess and we're just sitting there. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I think this one actually makes sense. Oh, We'll let our listeners decide if you think Dakota's metaphor makes sense. <laughs> it's closer to I would, I would accept ramen or something like that, but not spaghetti. But we could get saucy and spaghetti. That's the you whole get saucy and ramen. You get broth. No, that's not saucy. That's that's liquid. We need this is a saucy conversation. We need sauce, so we gotta get. Spaghetti. I I think it's it's time to make our official code word of this week's podcast spaghetti. So if you want a little prize, send me Marcos or Dakota the word spaghetti, and we'll get you a little prize. Uh, these involve like games we pick up from humble humble bundle games from little indie developers. We get donated stuff like that. Uh, feel free if you want. If you like free stuff, send us send us messages. Spaghetti. Okay, that's a good conversation. Thanks for uh, you know participating in that. That was if you listened through all of that, you are that was my a favorite lot. listener. My you, brain wasn't yeah. even active like for half of that. I no. thought it was. I thought it was good conversation. I know I'm like I'm uncomfortable talking about it, but it's good to have those conversations. I think ultimately, um, and we're not always going to say the right things. I think that's. That's definitely the case when you're having conversations like this. You're not always going to say the right thing. So if you have something to say to us, if you want us to consider a different perspective, please do message us because, you know, we don't, there's, there's nothing more. Conversation. We love having conversations, uh, even when we are being nonsensical and just sitting on a plate of spaghetti. I hate you. <laughs> <I'm so mad. laughs> All right. So this week's trivia question is brought to you. We're by... just lost in the sauce right now. God. Yours truly. I, I made this question. Are you ready for it? It's really good. Okay. Dakota, you're down a point. 
I'm always down a point. <laughs> <laughs> so the way this is going to work is Marcos and Dakota are awarded a point if they get it right. If neither of them get it right, then I am awarded a point. So currently we, the, the standings are Marcos 1, Dakota and myself 0. Okay, Marcos. What if I just say fuck these games and I just say the exact answer is Marcos every time? So we're always tied. Well, if you do that, you're already down one point. You'll be down one point. (laughs) (laughs) That strategy can't. One day I'll get one right. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Marcos. The Atari 2600 released 12, according to Wikipedia, erotic games over the course of its lifespan. Can you spot the fake one? Oh, <laughs> oh Lord. Okay, so A, Philly Flasher. <laughs> B, Joystick Rider. <laughs> C, Bachelor Party. Or D, Burning Desire. <laughs> Marcos, which of these is a fake erotic game released on the Atari 2600? Can you say that again? <laughs> the question or the answers? The, the answers. Okay. Was it A, Philly Flasher? Was it B, Joystick Rider? Was it C, Bachelor Party? Or was it D, Burning Desire? Which of those is fake? There's no way. There's a game called Joystick Rider. Dakota? So we're looking for the fake, right? Yeah. I'm real torn between Bachelor Party and Burning Desire because Joystick Rider sounds like that <laughs> no, sounds it's like too easy. Like no, a- nobody should ever do that. <laughs> uh, when did what the Atari came out in what the eighties? Yeah, this is old. <laughs> yeah. I'll I'll oh man, this is tough. I'm let, let's go with the fakey Burning Desire. Marcos gets another point. It's Joystick Rider. So I just want to I want to take a second to tell you that Bachelor Party was so successful that it received a sequel, Bachelorette Party. <laughs> oh, both of those games Atari? exist on wow. the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Isn't that That's amazing? A, wow! Can't believe Atari is inclusive. Yeah, wow. I, I just I thought the name Philly Flasher was pretty funny. <laughs> like See, a flasher. what do you do do you go around and flash people that's That's so so terrible that's that's horrible but like there's no way like joystick rider what do you want people to do like you're no see that euphemism marcos (laughs) i know i was thinking i was like i had to come up with that one on my own (laughs) i was thinking of the literal uh action of riding a joystick that's why it's a euphemism Dakota's just getting the metaphors today. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it for this week's episode. I didn't episode. go to college, but I'm a literate literature. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll we'll be back next week. I don't know what we have lined up for next week, um, so I guess stay tuned to that. We've been putting a lot of effort into this one the last couple. We've of been weeks, having so. this plan for two. A weeks. little too much uh, yeah. effort. So <laughs> we'll go delete those games. Yeah, that's the first measure of business is deleting these games off our hard drives. Uh, So uh, next week, we'll be back. Thank you for listening. Dakota, where can people find you? And do you have any fun Twitter polls to talk about? Yes, I do, Ben. Thank you for bringing (laughs) up my fun Twitter poll at the Empress where there's a three in the tag, my name, but you got to look for it. I can't tell you where it is. That's part of the fun game. If you find it, you'll get to find my Twitter poll called What Kind of Gamer Are You? 
I had a thought, and I realized all gamers fall into one category. The Mountain Dew gamer, the energy drink gamer, the iced coffee gamer, or the alcoholic gamer. So far, the poll has, oh shit, seven votes, I believe. Yep, we need so more far, voters. We, yeah, we to need more. A, to get a strong sample size. I'm an iced coffee drinker. I'll, I'm an energy I'll, I'll drink go vote gamer. on your poll. I drink alcohol. Yeah. So I, I'm a very borderline iced game. coffee energy drink gamer, but after buying um cases of monsters and uh uh going to the store and buying like energy drinks to last me for the week, I've I'm an energy drink gamer. That's just the facts. I can't vote in my own poll. Now you know. It's energy like a fun fact. Are, I don't like energy drinks. I had a bad experience one time with energy drinks, specifically with Red Bull. Somebody, somebody said that they, it tastes like uh, Jolly Ranchers or something, and that they started mixing it with vodka, and it was not a good time. Liars. It was a bad time. Marcus, where can people find you? Oh, dude, Twitter, uh, TwinkiePie37, Marcus Carmona. I'm the cute one. You can find me at Benjamin10 on Twitch. Tomorrow I'll be hosting the Epilogue Game Awards. Uh, or at the Epilogue Community Awards, whichever you want to call it. Is that real? It. Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, was that Thursday? It's a right. Thursday. Uh, I'll be doing that. That'll pretty much be the extent of what I'm working on this week. But next week, I have a couple of things coming out, including a write-up on Epilogue Gaming's uh, Game of the Year. So stay tuned nice. for that. We currently have a roundtable up discussing our favorite personal games of the year. I had games like Bar Lone Sale, God of War. Uh, I had Ashen on it. So some interesting stuff there. I know Marcos did a list as well. I don't think, Dakota, did you get to that round table? I did not do the round table, but I, I explained my thoughts as I didn't, I personally didn't feel like I had a game of the year. Okay. So, so um, yeah, keep, go, go look uh, for that. And I don't again, just give any game that title. That's fair. That's fair. I should have something coming out this month. Cool. So uh, keep an eye out for all of our work there, or you can find us on patreon.com slash epilogue gaming. I'm Ben Vollmer for Dakota and Marcos. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>